On March 12th of 2020, we knew walking into the school building that day that there was something afoot. Every news corporation from Cleveland to Timbuktu was talking about the COVID crisis and the toll that it was taking on humanity all around the world. Within minutes of the morning school bell, our instructional coach's office turned into a scene from the West Wing. People coming and going, calling, listening, taking notes, papers flying, people hollering across each other just so that they would be heard in case we would miss something important. Their task was a considerable one. How do we meet student needs during a shutdown? And how do we support teachers during this time? That Thursday evening, teachers across our district and the country scrambled to create something meaningful for our students. This is the story of how Bellevue Independent Schools, located in Bellevue, Kentucky, continue to reach students with more than just curriculum and instruction during the COVID crisis of 2020. As you listen today, I'll be joined by three special guests, all of whom have played different roles during the COVID crisis. We hope that you get a sense of what we were able to do and what we always hope will be the response when stuff like this happens in our future. Joining me now, we have Miss Kathy Riley, who is the Youth Service Center Director, uh, Charles C. Wheatley, also known as Chuck. Uh, she is an 11th and 12th grade English teacher here at Bellevue. She's also the varsity cheer coach. She is a true-born Slytherin, and we share brains, so it all works out. And, of course, also joining us is uh, Mr. Dave Pelgin, our assistant principal. He's a transition coordinator, college and career coach, and extraordinary bus driver and anything else that we can throw under his title because hey as many things as we can get you to do we're going to have you do it at a small school right so um today we're, we're kind of talking about how covid um how our response to covid and, and what that kind of looked like in our in our small world and so um as the google support here in our building i saw a lot of teachers branching out and doing some very innovative stuff and and using these platforms with, with a great deal of, of, of effort. Um, and luckily, our students were relatively familiar in all of those things. So in that aspect and in talking with other districts, I think that we were more prepared for that than a lot of other districts and our students were as well. And uh, because of that, I really don't wanna focus as much as what we did instructionally as maybe uh, more on what we did for our community. And when I say community, I mean the community of our building, that, that rapport that we have with each other and our children. Um, and then, of course, the community at large, those outside the walls of our building and, and how they stepped up and, and everything that went on in that aspect. And uh, Kathy, kind of just talk to us about um, our community. I know that one of our biggest worries um, going into this whole COVID thing was that, you know, we're Title I school. We have a large percentage of kids on free and reduced lunch. You know, schools... The students are dependent upon the school for a lot more than just their education, especially in our area. And so, um, can you, what is our percentage of free and reduced lunch? And kind of start talking about what we've done as far as they are concerned. Okay. So, Nick, our free and reduced lunch rates are 82% um, here in Bellevue. And I would say before COVID hit, you know, we had a partnership with a food pantry. It's called Be Concerned. 
Um, and we were servicing about 15 different families for food insecurity. Well, once COVID hit and people lost their jobs, we ended up servicing about 300 people. Um, yeah, big, huge increase. Yes, that's a large one. So we were able to form a small team here um, and put together food baskets, food bags, whatever you'd like to say. Uh, for these particular families, we would meet on Thursdays. We would go to like be concerned and pick up. We had a relationship with Kroger, um, so we were able to pick up from them. Also, we had several churches that we did pickups from on Thursday mornings. And then our group would just kind of come in, get together, um, and bag, and then we would deliver. So we all had, we had like five different routes that we would deliver. So it was an all-day event on Thursdays, as you're well aware, because you were one of the people that came in and joined us. Um, but during this whole time, too, we've been able to develop even more relationships and partnerships. When we did the Day of Giving, um, the Newport Post Office was just like amazing. They showed up here with a, to a post office truck full of supplies for us. They also made a cash donation. We've had like seven churches. We actually had one of the churches show up with a box truck uh, with 300 cases of cereal. Uh, right, amazing, amazing yeah. on that day. Um, there's a local condo complex that got together and decided that they really wanted to contribute to our food pantry and to helping others in the community. Um, they really didn't want to do the grocery shopping, which was fine. <laughs> who, who did during COVID, you know? <laughs> you know, which I totally understand. They didn't want to go out and purchase supplies for us, but they made a very large cash donation um, so That's that awesome. we would have the money in order to purchase those supplies. So, That's great. Yeah. And as someone that came in and worked with you all on, the, on those Thursdays, you know, we practiced safe distancing. We had masks on we had gloves and we're sweating our butts off as we did all of that and all the work um but it really was just a great time to see how the community was reacting to, to what was going on for us and so that's what we were able to do for kids but also what our community was able to do for us to Correct. help us in that yes i think it was really awesome just um how compelled people people felt to be supportive you know I, I think there were a lot of people who understood that that others were really struggling um, and, and um, they wanted to give what they could even if it wasn't much you know I, I know we got donations on that day of giving of you know $15 that that doesn't seem like a lot to a lot of people but it really does make an impact mm, sure. um, you know I was here while they went to be concerned to, to make sure that you know, any donations that were brought in were received. Um, and my sister's mother-in-law, who, you know, has lived in Fort Thomas her, her whole adult life, at least, um, she came and, you know, she had toilet paper and, and um, packaged goods and, and things to, to give up. And, you know, it was just really cool to see that someone who doesn't have, you know, a, a child in the district or anything like that um, just knew that we were in need and, and wanted to to provide what she was able to and and so that was really cool to be able to see and um, be here for yeah, Nick when you say this is a community I mean that truly is a community and ever since the word uh, you know our district is only two school buildings 
at about 700 total students. Our building is about 360 students from grades 6 to 12. So, I mean, these people know each other. They grew up with each other. The families are all connected. Um, so they, they come together in times of need. So it was, it was nice to see. Yeah, and, you know, also, Nick, like we had started doing some service learning types of things with our students here at Bellevue High School. Um, and one of the things that they wanted to give to was an organization called Ethan's Purpose. And they did that, like, through magnified giving. Well, because we had that connection with Ethan's Purpose, they, in turn, in the community in which they're located, and they're out in Hebron, like, people from out there donated and donated and donated. Mm -hmm. I mean, they brought pickup truck loads full of groceries and supplies every for week. us every single week. So it's an ongoing thing with them now because they feel like they have this connection with Bellevue um, and want to help. So That's, it's amazing that really is how amazing. far it reaches out. It is, it is great. Um, I know that... Um, you know, parents are dealing with a lot. We talked about, you know, food insecurity. Um, a lot of our parents lost their, their jobs right, or their were jobs. put on hiatus because, you know, a lot of things shut down. And so they did not have steady income. And so I know that the food program really took a little bit, not all of the weight, but took a little bit of the weight off of their shoulders. And I know that really helped. And I think another thing that it really did for, for us that was were out there making the deliveries was we were able to make some connections maybe with families that we didn't mm -hmm. previously have. Mm -hmm. um, and you really got connected with like, oh, today I'm going to go see and like they have such and such children and I like want to make sure that they get a few little extra things, you <laughs> yeah. know, so that they feel a little oh, yeah. special. Because we um, always got donations of things that were kind of random. You know, mm -hmm. we, we try to do similar things every week, but... You know, we'd get things like Pop-Tarts and cookies and cakes. And, you know, especially from the churches, they were always giving us different baked goods. And so, yeah, I think especially families with, with little kids, we tried to really um, do as much as we could. Just for grab them. a couple extra little things. Sure. You know, right. I remember I grabbed um, a bump cake that we got <laughs> um, and took it to one kid because I thought, you know what? This kid will really enjoy this. And they did. They were very appreciative yeah. of getting mm -hmm. it. And, you know, just random little things. Just being able to say, oh, I get to go see so-and-so today. I'm going to take right. this little special right. piece. Um, and when we think about community and we think about building that community and, and with our students, Chuck, as someone who is really ingrained in the student community here at Bellevue, what was the hardest part about all of this COVID mess from that perspective? Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm going into my seventh year here, um, and I just, I love this place because I like to interact with the kids. And, you know, like Dave said, we have about 350 kids in our building. Um, and so even though I teach the oldest kids in, in 11th and 12th grade, I know 6th and 7th graders. Um, and I get to see them grow up, and, and you build relationships for years with these kids. And so then not to see them every day like I was used to was, was really difficult. Um, you know, they're little quirks and idiosyncrasies that, that make them who they are. And um, just not getting to, to sort of experience that on a day-to-day -day basis was hard. But I think... From a teacher perspective and, and connecting with students, I think another thing that was really hard was timing. Um, you know, our kid, a lot of our kids have jobs because they, they help with family things and what's going on at home. And, you know, their jobs during all of this were essential because they work in grocery stores and, and food, the food industry. And so 
I think they worked a lot of hours that were not conducive to the regular school day um, that you know we were still expected to be available and so I would get kids messaging me at you know nine o'clock at night at midnight at 2 30 in the morning apologizing <laughs> because they were just getting home from work and um, they were now getting to the assignment that had been posted that morning um, and so not getting a, not being able to really help them through things because you know while they were at work I was working also and, yeah. and um, when they would come home for school I would you know be asleep at you know 8 30 because I'm a <laughs> grandma and I think you know that was a struggle and so we teachers had to be really flexible yeah, um, sure. in terms of helping students through some of the work because we knew what might have been done in an hour in our classroom was probably going to take them a couple of days now because of what they had going on at home. Yeah, I, I, I know that early on I adopted the idea that, you know, whatever I think it's going to take me, say I thought it was going to take me a day to do in class, um, I just went ahead and expected that that was going to turn into two or three days. And that's not because they were incapable. It's just because the amount of feedback sure. and the need of conversation with me or just to live in that world is completely different than when you're encapsulated here at school. And um, and I think that that was something that I adopted early on. And I think most of our teachers came to that realization pretty quickly that, you know what, this is what's best for our students, period. Not just our students, just students, period. Mm -hmm. um, what, what is something that you all heard the most from students? You know, what, what is it that you heard in your interactions with students? What was it that they were saying? You know, teaching seniors, I've always really loved hearing, you know, the, the kids with the worst cases of senioritis say things like, I can't wait to graduate and get out of here and, and yeah. be done with all of this stuff. I hate coming to school every day at 8 o'clock. It's so early. And, and all of those things that, you know, I was so used to. And I would always tell them, like, well, yeah, you're going to get out in the, in the real world and you're going to miss it. You know, you're going to miss the structure and the senior friends as much as you want and interacting with people like you do and, and they're like no no I want to be out of here and, and right, all these right. things and then when we first started in TI it was well okay we're going to be off for the next two weeks and hope for the best and, and you know we would be back by the end of March and that didn't happen and then we set another date after spring break and that didn't happen and, and the dates kept getting pushed back further and further and, and these kids who were so ready so they thought to, to be out of here were the ones constantly asking when are we coming back are we like when are we going back to school what's happening have you heard anything I mean I would hear from kids the same kids every day um, wanting to know any new information and, and you know I told them from the beginning as soon as I know anything I'll let you guys know but they were so anxious um, and sad to, to not be here where they feel for some of them safe and um, comfortable and so that you know that was what I I think I took away the most was kids really wanted to be here and I, I hope you know once the you know school district decides what's happening and, and hopefully we get back in the classroom kids you know really appreciate what what being in school means yeah for sure 
And, you know, Chuck, talking about that and talking about the fact that, like, the kids, I think, gained a new perspective of what school really truly means to them. For mm-hmm. sure. Um, and their relationships that they have with the faculty in the building. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also know that I think it made a huge impact on parents and the respect that mm-hmm. they were able to gain yes. yeah. for what teachers do faculty inside schools do I had so many parents like say to me I never truly understood what you all do every single day and how much they appreciated that sure you know so I think it made a huge difference and it's always good to hear that because you know I don't I, I think a lot of times that for some reason school districts and parents are always at odds and that's not the way it is we're a team you know Mm -hmm. it's it's really about being the community and I think that that is it's always good to remember that it's not us versus them it's not them versus us it's it's all of us coming together to to get through this part yeah parents felt overwhelmed you know you know they're expected to work if, if their jobs were essential and then also help their students um but you know that's what teachers with families do you know every day they mm-hmm. come into their work, which is teaching students, and have to go home to their families and, and carry on their family lives. So right. Certainly, it was a new perspective. You know, we're living in history right now, and, and you know whether or not people appreciate it right now, they'll look back on it and say, "Wow, what a time!" Sure. Mm-hmm. And it was, you know, it was also hard for teachers, I think, because we see students as our kids, and so to yeah. not be with them every day and not know what's going on with them every day, that was also a struggle. Um, and so, you know, I think. To know that parents have a new sort of appreciation or respect is, is nice to hear because sometimes we don't. Right, you don't hear that from them necessarily. Um, and, you know, I think a lot of our students really struggled, like, with depression. Um, and I, and I mm-hmm. personally have to really hand it to our faculty because I feel like... The majority of our faculty were so flexible in changing their time schedules in order to meet our students where they were. Um, because I know a lot of times when I would reach out to those students that were really struggling and, you know, they would want to sleep and stay in bed, and that's just kind of how people deal with depression. Uh, but when they would wake up and they think about, oh, I really need to work on schoolwork. And I think so everybody gained a total respect for the fact that People were willing to go that extra step. Um, and if it was 2 o'clock in the morning and you were getting a message, you still answered. Yeah. Because I think everybody understood that it was a very stressful time. I think that Dave has pointed this out, that it wasn't just about feeding their physical body and it wasn't about meeting their instructional right. need. It was really about also paying attention to the mental health of our students, which is such a big topic right now in schools, period. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's certainly amplified all of that happening absolutely you know I I think of one group of students specifically during this time and that's the seniors because of the fact that it didn't in the traditional way something you've worked for for so long so what were some of the ways that I feel like our district did a great job what were some of the ways that our district wanted to make sure that that seniors weren't forgotten about and wanted to make them feel you know special that they were still on our minds I think as soon as we we really had a grasp on the fact that we were not going to come back to school, um, we really jumped in, you know, full force on how do we honor those kids. And so Kathy and I and, and our my other senior 
class sponsor, Tiffany McGuire, we started working really hard on, you know, what do we need to do? Um, so we came up with, with yard signs and banners and, and, you know, we worked with a great company in Bellevue called New Forms and they were amazing to work with. They, they were so quick um, and helpful. And, and so we got yard signs made with each individual student's photo on it. They, they came in one day at the end of April and, and took photos in their um, cats. And we had those printed. We had, um, and we, we got to deliver those to their houses with balloons, and that was really fun. Yeah. Um, and then we did, um, like, giant banners down on Fairfield Avenue, which is, like, the main road in Bellevue. And so it's been really cool for the community to get to see those kids and know who's graduating and get to, you know, support um, the seniors and, and things like that. Um, the city was so great about all of that with yes, the banners. Yes, absolutely. And, and I really, like, that's one thing that, I really kind of hope sticks around from all of this. Mm -hmm. Like I thought it was something special to drive down the avenue and see those seniors being upheld by their community. I just thought that was yeah. You know, I saw a lot of parents on on social media sharing their photos and and being really proud and and yeah. getting to honor their kid, um, which was awesome. And then. You know, every year for the kids, I do these little mason jars of goodies, and I think I, I tried to go above and beyond this year because I, I think, you know, they, they really lost out on things like prom and senior trips and, you know, spring sports were canceled, and that was a big loss for a lot of our kids. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, anything we could do to, to really build them up, I think we really tried mm -hmm. to do. And I think the big culmination of all of that was graduation. Of course, with the limited attendance and all that kind of stuff, um, I didn't go because I'm a middle school teacher and I've never had these seniors. I knew several of them just from interactions in our small building, but I didn't get to go. But, uh, but watching on Twitter and, like, all the stuff that was posted from the community members, mm -hmm. um, I mean, people that didn't don't have kids in the high school, you know, right. they they our graduation was something that was very unique. And um, we all explain a little bit about how graduation worked this year? Well, you know, we started out with, we really thought, well, we'll just push graduation back. And we just kept talking about pushing graduation back. We'll still have our regular graduation, but it'll be later in the summer. And I think the more that we talked about that, the more we were like, you know, kids have to move on at some point. And if we wait till like September or October, you know, are they really going to be there? And is that, you know, what are they missing? And so we talked a lot about maybe we just really, truly need to go on and come up with a plan on how we can have graduation, but it needs to be on the original date because I think that was something that our kids look so forward to. Um, and normally, like, we have a huge senior honors and we'll have dinner. Um, and bring all the families together and announce like scholarships that they received and honors that they've received here at school. Um, and of course we weren't able to do that, but we were able to go ahead and like pack all their cords and we went to individual houses yeah. and dropped those off and told the kids congratulations for our valedictorian and salutatorian. We went to their house in the rain um, <laughs> yeah. with a police escort, nice. um, you know, and made a loud announcement so the people on their streets would know, you know, that they were the valedictorian or the salutatorian. So we tried to make them feel really special. Um, and then Dave worked really hard on really trying to put together how we could parade our kids through town, uh, we had so much support from uh, the local police department, from Bellevue Police, from the fire department. 
Um, it was really very meaningful. Um, and then we were able to bring them here to the high school. And we got like seven kids out of their cars at one time. Their families <laughs> kind of stayed in the car, but the kids still got to walk. Uh, we still announced, you know, if they were honors, if they got scholarships, we announced those scholarships. We, we talked still, about college and career ready, you know, yeah. meeting those sort of um, benchmarks and things like things that. Like that. Mm -hmm. So anything that we would have initially done at honors night, we included that kind of in the graduation ceremony, and they still got to move their tassels. And, um, and yeah, so. and I, you know, I rode in the parade. I, I was up at the elementary school where it started, and, and you know, a lot of them started school there when they were in kindergarten or preschool even and um they came you know ready to celebrate they all decorated their cars and they were standing out of sunroofs and in, the, in truck beds and hanging out of van doors and um you know they they were excited and, and getting to lead the parade and know as we were going through how many people in the community came out um to line the route and, and, you know, cheer and support them was, was really incredible. Um, I think it made yeah. the kids feel so, so, so special. Um, it's something that, you know, we kind of hope to continue because the kids really, truly loved it. You know, I've gotten messages from parents about how um, important it made their kids feel. We've gotten emails sent to the school and to the staff. Um, it was just really powerful, I think, for our kids to realize um, – what they had accomplished was a big deal, and there were people who really wanted to um, reflect that back to them. Yeah. I know that it was a major trending topic as far as Bellevue goes on Twitter, and all of that can be found on our social media and also through the hashtag LoveTheView. Um, it really was watching. I got to watch all that come through that night, and even though I wasn't here physically to be part of it, it felt it made me feel like I was a part of it. And, we had tons of people in the community who were tweeting and, and, and sending out all the love to our seniors and all of that. And I, I, I just think it was fantastic and something that, you know, really made this year special. And in the midst of what has turned out to be one of the craziest years of our lives. Um, so I guess the big question now is what's next? And I know that that's the big elephant in the room because we really don't know. Right. Um, we're still waiting for the state to kind of make up its mind about certain things. We're waiting for KDE to, to, to weigh in. Um, and I know that it's the hope of every teacher that we come back normal, mm. you know, mm -hmm. but, but what is normal now and, yep. and what does that look like for us? Um, so what, what next as far as, as far as you all are concerned in your roles? So like Chuck, as a teacher, what is on your mind right now as far as coming back to school? Well, uh, like, like you said, you know, I, I really hope to be in the classroom. Um, with that in mind, I know it is going to be a new normal. You know, the, the world is, is going to have to change in, in how we handle things because of, of this. And I think, um, you know, my worry maybe is that even though I know the you know, the, the 11th graders to 12th grade, not that big of a deal because I, I had them this year, but the 10th graders who are coming into 11th grade, I know them, but they don't know me as a teacher. And so that's going to be hard to establish, I think, those yeah. sort of um, procedures and routines sure. that, that 
you know, if we're not in the classroom, how do we do that? Um, and so building relationships, you know, I spend the first week of school really building relationships with kids and building a community in my classroom. And to not have that time together is, is going to be, you know, a struggle. So I... I had the same thought I don't as know. you with that because, and, you know, you say, you know, the, the incoming 11th graders, they know you, but they don't sure. know your ways. And exactly. it's really about building that relationship and that, that rapport with mm-hmm. them. And in my boat, you know, I don't even know these kids because yeah, I teach sixth from a grade building. and they're coming mm-hmm. from a different building. It's a completely different mm-hmm. transition. And when we think about transitions and all of that kind of stuff, Kathy, I know that you know, you're pretty involved in, in our students' lives as far as their mental health and just them as people. You know, how do you continue, or not continue, but how do you start over again? Start almost? over again. You know, and I've been thinking about that. Um, and, you know, just thinking about, like, the students that we've had in the building, and I already have those relationships with them, so, you know, it's pretty easy for me to reach out to them. Um, and... For them to reach out to me but for those brand new ones coming in actually like two days ago i was just going through the list of those new incoming sixth graders yeah. um and so i was like oh okay i know this family i know this family i know this family i know this family definitely needs a lot of assistance right. but i don't have that relationship with that student right so yeah. it's going to be very difficult um, you know, it's going to be a lot of phone conversations if we're not in the building. And I tell you, even my students that I have, like, relationships with and have had relationships with their families for years, it's still going to be very difficult if I don't see those students face-to-face every sure. day. Because, you know, when they come through the door in the morning and I see them and I see their face, I know if it's a good day or a bad day. Yep. Sure, yeah. Because I have that relationship already. Right. You get so, to know a kid sort right. of tells right so you know i really miss that and even when someone does reach out it's really difficult when you're just having a phone conversation yeah. because you know you don't have that face to face you don't really know you're missing all the body language yes. and all the all the things that people all those say. little tells yeah. that they have and kids are so expressive in in their body language yes. i think you know even though they say things are fine we know mm-hmm. when they're not right. right we definitely know when they're not and two, like not being able to have those groups together and having them share with each other and know, like, I'm not the only one out there that has this problem. Sure. You know, so my hope is that we do come back together. Um, and even if we do, we're probably going to be standing in the front door taking temperatures. So, right. I mean, for me, that's a good thing because I'm going to see their face every right. day. Right. Yeah, <laughs> sure. So I'll know what's going on with them. But I think going forward, isolation and alienation is going to be something that we're going to have to yes. to really make sure that our kids are not feeling. Yep. Um, they've, they've just been an extended period of time. You know, typically they'll spend two and a half months at home right. in the summer and, and really they've been home since March. Right. And for some of them we have to remember that home is not a bed of roses. Right. Um, right. Some of our kids have great home lives and their parents are stellar and and in some of our homes their families are trying. Mm-hmm. They try but they just don't have the ability to provide the services that some of our students truly need. Sure, absolutely. You know, um, and you know, I mean, we have definitely have parents that you know are struggling with drug addictions or alcohol addictions. 
um, and our school is a safe place for those mm -hmm. kids to get away from that. Um, and they don't have that right now. You know, they don't have any place to go. Um, actually, I have one little boy that I know looks so forward to getting away, and I was out making food deliveries, and I saw him sitting on a bench on a street corner, and it was cold. It was cold that day, and he is in his coat all bundled up, and I stopped and said, hey, you know what's going on? Why are you out here? I just need a time away. Yeah. So, you know, he came close to our school building to just sit on a bench. Yeah. Um, just to get away. Just to fill. It's a safe space. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Just to fill some normality. Mm -hmm. Well, I know that we all hope that going forward that this, um, that we get to go back to the old normal. I know that that is definitely something that we all are, are really needing ourselves as teachers yes. and as people. Um, I know that teachers, and you said it earlier, you know, I know that teachers have had a difficulty with this mm -hmm. um, and in, in talking with a lot of teachers they feel the same way that there's there's a hole mm -hmm. um, that is left by us not being here together so I and I hate to end this on such a dour note so I do have one last question one final question <laughs> for y'all because um, you gotta have some fun in life what are we binge watching right now, people? What are we watching? Mm -hmm. Chuck, go, because you are the binge watch queen. Right. Let's see. Uh, well, I am excited. New season of Queer Eye was released today on Netflix, so I, <laughs> that's how I'll spend the rest of my evening. Excellent. Um, but I've been watching um, Community, oh. because that's on Netflix, and it's such an underrated show sure. that, that doesn't get the recognition I think it deserves. Um, I mean, my go-to is, is always Parks, Parks and Rec. Rec. That is my, my favorite thing to watch. Um, I, I, another thing I've really been doing lately, besides binge-watching, is, is listening to audiobooks. Yeah, I'm sure. listening to the Harry Potter series. Again? I do all the time. That's, yeah. saying, that's, that's an ongoing that's thing. That's sort of my jam. Um, but yeah, a lot of that. Um, I've been trying to, to read a lot lately. Um, yeah. So, yeah, you know, just anything to, I don't know, help make bleak times a little brighter. Sure. I watched um, some really heavy stuff at the beginning. Like, we watched Waco okay. on Netflix. Mm -hmm. And um, a couple other things that mm -hmm. kind of blew my mind. Of course, Tiger King. Um, because yeah. I couldn't. Everybody was telling me, just when you think it can't get any crazier, it, it does. does. And boy, howdy, were they right. So, you know, I'll watch a lot of that stuff. And of course, you know me, Parks and Rec. Mm -hmm. There's always a Parks and Rec queued up. But they also released one of my favorite shows from when I was younger, um, The Last Airbender. And so yeah, that's I never was into that one. Yeah, but I know kids, have, like yeah. former students, have been really excited about that one on Facebook. So I'm, I'm super excited that that's at that's out yeah. and I've been going back into that so Kathy what are you watching nothing I don't watch anything <laughs> Charlie Chuck knows that that I just really don't watch a whole lot of TV I am much more of a dog person I have my four dogs at home they are my love you know yeah. they make me happy when you know I feel really sad and I've been doing a lot of reading and a lot of planning just because that keeps my mind busy and sure. you know what can I do and what, what do I need to prepare to be ready if we get to come back. Right. So, you know, right. those are things that make me feel good. Unless so. it's a reality show and it's uh, Survivor <laughs> or The Bachelor or 
Big Brother. Big Brother. Big Brother. Big Brother. What was the other one? Uh, um, Family Feud? Oh, yeah. Is that your yes. other? <laughs> Family Feud. I promise you all. Kathy, Survey says. Survey Kathy says. ain't watching it. Survey says Kathy is not 90 years old either. So we just need to make sure that that's right. Um, Dave, what are you watching? What's your binge watch? This is our sign-off for today. I started watching about four different ones at the same time and discovered oh. I couldn't do that. <laughs> yeah. So right now I'm just kind of sticking with Outsiders in okay. season two right now. So um, it's pretty good. Okay. Mountain folks from Kentucky. Wow. Because <laughs> I've lived that life and that's, yeah. they're definitely interesting. Well, until next time, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us and um, stay safe and we'll see you next time. Bye.